Welcome to Future Insiders, a podcast about the future of tech, business, and humanity. I am your host, Kathy Hackle. Today, I'm joined by my friend and fellow futurist, Nicholas Badminton, and we'll be having a great time. So today, I'm joined by my friend and fellow futurist, Nick Badminton. Uh, Nick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much, Kathy. Awesome. So Nick and I um, actually met, oh my gosh, it feels like a million years ago right now, but um, I think about two years ago at the VRARA Global Summit in Vancouver, and you were the MC. I remember that. Yeah, I, yeah. And uh, yeah, you, you, I, I sort of gravitated towards you because in your hands you had a Magic League one, and I was like, ah, finally, <laughs> I get to get my hands on one of these. Yeah, I think I was one of the few people at the conference with one. So a lot of people gravitated towards me. I made a lot of friends, Nick. Made a lot of friends that that um that, that during that conference. Um, but Nick and I have been, you know, staying connected throughout uh, the last couple of years. Um, I've been really interested in in kind of some of the work that you're doing um, as a futurist. I um, actually one of my fondest memories of you, Nick. You don't even know this. Is I got on a Delta plane on one of my many business trips before the pandemic. And I always look for something, you know, something uh, interesting to watch. And all of a sudden, there's a whole documentary where you're featured and you're trying to, uh, you're discovering all this biohacking stuff. You're biohacking yourself. Um, so maybe let's talk to a little bit about folks about what, who you are, what you do, and why you ended up on my Delta flight on that video. Yeah, yeah so that, that, that was a smart drugs, a, 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 a futurist journey into biohacking. And I, I was actually approached by the producer, Ann Shin, uh, a couple of years before that and uh, because because actually before being called a futurist or anything like that I used to run conferences about around humanity and computing with like people like Amber Case and did Cyborg Camp in, in Vancouver and then I went on to do something called From Now and did a lot of speculative future stuff there did some design thinking workshops and whatever <clears throat> anyway over the years I sort of built up a reputation for biohacking I've got you know I've got RFID chips uh, implanted in my hand I, I uh, sort of delved into the world of psychedelics and therapy and a whole bunch of different things like that. Uh, so I was approached to be in this documentary. And by that point, I was sort of flying around the world and doing lots of uh, speaking. Someone called me a futurist about eight years ago, and I sort of lent into it a little bit. My background, actually, at, at university in, in the mid-90s was in artificial intelligence, cognitive psychology, social psychology, organizational uh, um, psychology as well. So I kind of had this background where I could integrate AI and linguistics and whatever from a very young age. So all the way through my career, data, um, uh, machine learning, all these things have been sort of in my blood. But now I sort of ended up back in the human world and I ended up on your flight because I made a documentary that was based in San Francisco and Toronto and I was trying to uh, sort of biohack my body to get fitter and to get rid of my high blood pressure and to try everything from like Wim Hof cold water therapy through to nootropic stacks. And, you know, I lost a bunch of weight during, during that time and, uh, and got really fit um, in a number of different aspects. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a positive experience overall. Yeah, I mean, I learned a lot watching that documentary and I was just like, you know, tweeting about it. I was like, oh my gosh, my friend Nick's on, on this documentary. I did not expect it. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. And by the way, what was the name of the documentary in case anyone wants to kind of like 
watch it on, you know, on their computer, not so much on a Delta flight because we're all kind of grounded right now, but um, most of us at least. Uh, but, you know, what was the name of the documentary? If you just uh, type in smart drugs uh, and Nick Badminton and you'll find it on Amazon Prime. Uh, and uh, if you've got Prime, which probably the majority of your listeners yeah. do. Yeah, you can go, go and watch it. I mean, it's a fun little documentary. Don't ex expect your mind to be completely blown. It's just a, you know, an hour and a half of, of me running around and, and, and having lots of fun, um, it, you know, exploring this new world and meeting the people that are trying to sort of decode what it means to to sort of survive in this new world where we can think about, you know, upgrading yeah. our productivity. I think you need, I think you're due for a part two. You need to go down to Peru and do some ayahuasca. I can't talk about ayahuasca. <laughs> all right. That, 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 that's, an, that's an offline conversation, but yes, I know <laughs> a lot about all these things. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Um, so anyway, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you're currently working on, that you're exploring. Um, you know, in your current work, because I mean, you work with all sorts of organizations and governments and, you know, let's talk a little bit about some of the current projects you're working on. Yeah, so it's been an interesting time. So, you know, 2020 was going to be this breakthrough year. I'd been signed up with a bunch of American speaking agencies and international agencies. Literally, like my, my booking sheet was, was so full and in a week, you know, the things that were, were, were booked in stone uh, are now in 2021. And I was sat here and I was like, oh, okay. But about 18 months before, obviously, you know, working in foresight, being a futurist and, and understanding that resiliency doesn't come from one line of business. And, you know, speaking is just one thing that I do. And I come from a background of consultancy. So I focused on going, okay, I'd already built out this consulting practice. I'd already worked with a couple of companies uh, in through 2018, 2019, everyone from uh, YVR Airport in Vancouver through to working with people like Rolls-Royce and Google and Procter and & Gamble, Oral-B, and, and you know, not, not doing the speaking thing with them, but doing speculative futures um, design and really imagining what this future could be. And I just sort of uh, dug deep earlier this year, ended up going on to do a, a number of projects with Google. Uh, I've done a number of other um, projects with some startups that wanted me to sit down with their board of directors and run some workshops in, in foresight to build bigger vision so that, you know, they're not just fighting for the, the you know, the selling off their company in three years with the idea that, hey, you know, we're an app-based company, we do this and this and this, but something that's actually got some legs and, and an idea of how they can impact the world in like 20 plus years. And these mindset shifts that we work with as futurists, I'm sure you do as well, it, it really just opens people's minds so that people can really forge bolder visions today and do strengthen strategic planning, anticipate risk, and go, go one step further than they are today. And life is busy. You know, I'm, I'm getting a lot of uh, calls. I'm, I'm working with, uh, with the futurist.com think tank group and working with people like Cindy Fruin and, and Glenn Heemstra and Anne Boyson um, with, with some uh, economic commissions. And, and, you know, I'm writing my, my 2021 predictions as I do every year and, and you know, just really getting into it. And, uh, you know, I, I became a father this year, so I'm trying to balance that and the lockdown and a whole new way of being. And uh, it's a very exciting time. Well, it's been really exciting to watch everything you're doing. I mean, one of the things I've been kind of paying attention to from your end is everything you're doing with your keynotes and your presentations and really, 
kind of innovating the interactive virtual keynote. So maybe let's talk a little bit about that because you're, I mean, you're really focusing on, on doing, uh, you know, a, a fantastic job there. Thanks. Thanks so much. So earlier this year, I was approached to do some keynotes for people like Bank of Canada and, and a couple of other you know, fairly, fairly sizable organizations, you know, all hands meetings to help them do strategic planning. So, so this is cool. So, you know, I tried out doing it in an event space. So I, I'm on the futurist in residence in, in a place called Startwell in Toronto as a co-working space. Amazing. So I did one there and I was vehemently against green screen studios because I was looking around and People have really been making a, a, you know, a mess of, hey, here's me in front of a green screen and suddenly I'm walking in front of all my graphs and the video is off and it just looked <laughs> yeah. funky. And then around June, I finally had a, a lull in, you know, in, uh, in my schedule and I was like, you know what, this isn't a problem with green screen and whatever it's a communications design problem so i'm just about to launch a new website in, in the next uh, couple of weeks and a whole new brand and with that i work with an amazing team at, at field trip and company here in toronto to do to reimagine communications design and i installed a green screen studio at home 4k cameras lights you know you have to go and buy a big expensive macintosh to to run everything ecamm live software stacks hardware so, I got excited about a hundred dollar mouse, fully programmable mouse that I bought the other day because it allows me to control, you know, a fully solo broadcast, you know, like CNN and whatever from a mouse, from a microphone and from a 4K camera at home. And, and this is just so exciting to me now that I can, I can do something that feels valuable because it's high quality and high resolution. I record at 4K at home and send that to their clients and they're just blown away because they can show it on large screens. They can project this out mm -hmm. to their audiences. And, and also it's something that is incredibly stressful. Uh, it probably takes me twice as long to plan a keynote, to produce videos that I embed. I do voiceover, I write scripts for that now. But it's really pushed me to the next level in terms of media production. And I really love it, to be honest, Kathy. That's awesome. You're, you're taking me back to my days when I used to be an on-camera reporter and everything right. that entailed, you know, going to get the story, writing the script, doing this, recording this. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Ooh, I mean, that was in a that was in a full on studio. So I can only imagine, you know, if you're doing doing it alone. Yeah, and doing it alone. I mean, I, I actually looked at, um, you know, I've, I've got camera crews that I work with up here in Toronto and places I could rent. And it just seemed very expensive. And it seemed um, it kind of seemed, it seemed counterintuitive to have to, you know, quarterback an entire team to do something that I could build myself. And, you know, the future of media is something that we all speak about, right? You talk about uh, a lot with, with augmented reality, virtual reality, and, and you know, uh, we've been chatting recently about what's been going on in the movie business, right? And, and you know, the one way that you, you, build the, you, you build ideas on the future is by actually doing it yourself. And as a futurist, I've always been the guy that explores by biohacking, by going and meeting the people that are building synth-like robots, by, you know, interviewing people at the Institute of Quantum Computing, you know, traveling to conferences and, and, and doing, doing talks and panels with people that are just infinitely more smarter than I am. And I can ask some questions and really get into it because if someone's going to pay for me to be on stage and to have some modicum of an expertise around the technology, it's going to be real. And I have to be honest about what I do know and, and what I don't know. And I think that that's missing in a lot of the craft of 
of you know futurism and and people that call themselves futurists out there. There's a lot of people that sort of read Forbes, you know, write a couple of slides and 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 run across the stages, yeah. you know, talking about artificial intelligence. And it's not that easy, right? We have to go deeper and really understand what what the hell's happening in the world. Yeah, that's why I feel like I feel like a kinship with you in some ways because you are kind of that guinea pig, and I do see myself as that. Like I go and try these technologies out. Like I put the BCI devices on. I've actually been working in augmented reality and virtual reality for the past five years. So it's right. you know we're actually doing this. We understand these technologies, and yeah, there's things that I'm not qualified to speak about, right? Uh, but I try to educate myself, and it's not just showing a, a nice slide about someone else's campaign. A lot of times it's something I did or I experienced. So I definitely respect that um, yeah, for sure. Okay. In, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so for example, let's take augmented reality. I've, I've got a very close friend of mine and he's the head of, He's the head of augmented reality for Google. And we started doing our first conferences like Cyber Camp uh, together. His name's Karis O'Connell. And um, we've been friends since we were 14 at school. We just ended up in Vancouver at the same time, which is completely bizarre. And, uh, and he started working this area. But you know, if, if you and me, we're, we're gonna really get into augmented reality, I feel that you and I could talk about field of view, designing in, in three-dimensional space, all of the considerations that you have to have around that and actually have a sensible conversation. We, we, I might get lost a little bit when people start getting into, in, into photons and starting to talk about light fields at a, at a more detailed level, but at least I can sort of hold my own. And I think that that's really important for futurists if, you, if you're talking about, about technologies, right? And if you're talking about like human concerns, you can get big and you can get philosophical, but you know what? Understand the disciplines of ethics, understand the disciplines of human psychology, understand who we are as humans and what we uh, like crave to be in the world with equitable lives and, and familial structures and, and new ways of working and, and new ways of democracy and, and all of the good stuff, right? So I get super excited about all of these things and it, it, it pays off. Clients, you know, work with me and they generally work with me for years because we, we set foundations and baselines, we set out horizons and then, you know, we come back and we check in to see if we're headed in the right direction or not. Um, let's talk a little bit about the transcendence of social media into a true lifestyle business. Because uh, that's yeah. one of the things that you and I had chatted via email, and I'm really curious on your thoughts around that. Yeah, so it's one of my areas that I'm, I'm sort of going to discuss in 2020 for 2021. So I just did an amazing interview on my Exponential Minds podcast. I interviewed you on the last season, uh, mm -hmm. season two. I just, uh, the opening episode was uh, with, was with Melissa Escobegi and uh, we spoke about this social media and, and how it's sort of changing from, you know, I started, I started in, you probably know about this. I started in GeoCities building like record labels. Oh goodness, wow, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> right, record labels and giving away my music I was writing on my computer. This is before Creative Commons. I just didn't want to go through the, the hassle of trying to convince people to, to, to buy my music, right? And, and then I sort of went into MySpace and started building up communities of, of electronica artists around the world. And then I got into Facebook. I kind of lost my soul. And then I left Facebook and then I left Instagram and, and ended up in this world where, you know, I use Twitter, I use LinkedIn, it's a business thing. It's all good. But I chatted with Melissa about this transcendence into this new world, like TikTok is making like, you know, 16 year olds you know, multi-millionaires with like, you know, 50, 60, 70 million followers. And 
we've also got this uh, this weird path of like TikTok, Twitter, and now OnlyFans, which is an influencer network by design, but it's basically been co-opted by the sex work community because yeah. sex work is, is work. And now you've got this this strange sort of direct to consumer relationship you know, sponsor Patreon kind of model. And I just think that the transcendence is that we're showing ourselves in a true human form instead of this pretend sort of asinine, you know, here's a picture of me having the best life I can ever be. And people are willing to share today, you know, the worst of who they are. And I think that, that that's really deeply impactful for society. And uh, I think that these independent platforms are, are going to be really, really important going forward. We just saw the Trump administration trying to put the kibosh on TikTok. That starts to tell you that the kids have got more power than they have ever had before. So uh, you know, we have to we have to fight for some of that independence out there in terms of how how, how our voices can go further. And I think that it's, it's it's one of the big things that's really going to blow up next year. You've got famous rappers like Tiger now opening accounts on OnlyFans. You've got Bella Thorne opening mm-hmm. account on OnlyFans, making two million dollars in a week, breaking the model because she wasn't serious about you know showing skin, right? <laughs> Completely <laughs> screwing up the dynamics of a platform because of popularity and and abuse of that that sort of that deeply equitable system that had been created. So. You know, I, don't, I stopped talking about social media for a number of years, Kathy, and it's because it became super boring. You know, Facebook will beat any excitement out of your life, right? And, and when you head into this new world, it's just vibrant, exciting, incredibly scary, but incredibly enriching for a lot of people that, that want to stay true to who they are. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and aligned to that is also the concept, that, and you and I had chatted about it in email as well, about the rise of true power to the people, those maker yeah. movements that, you know, direct to consumer, what you're mentioning. So maybe let's talk a little bit about your thoughts around that. Yeah, so I, I did a keynote um, last week, and it was to uh, a, a, a company that does corporate investment in shopping centers, malls. And you know, I, I gave this big presentation and I took them in lots of different directions of, of what the new world could be. And uh, I'm talking about the future of retail to a client tomorrow as well. And it's like, I'm talking about maker movements. I'm talking about co-working spaces. I'm talking about production studios that are low cost for people to be able to create their futures. And it's because, you know, people, things like maker movements, direct to consumer, things like open science, is really putting the power of experimentation and validation of new approaches to make life better for all, whether it's through content or therapeutics or whatever, in completely new ways. I mean, if you look at Etsy, Etsy's grown 71% in the first six months of 2020. Isn't that insane? Um, If you look like, what is it? Um, Searches for tie-dye sweatsuits, Kathy. Up eleven thousand, up eleven thousand eight hundred percent. You know, it, it, you know, it, it taps into a deeper level in society. So why don't we have these maker spaces that are everywhere? I mean, look at the WeWork model. It completely failed because it was focused on making as much money as they can and not empowering people as much as as they really could. Imagine if we suddenly went deeper on maker movements. You know, we, we were building new offices uh, and new places to create. I mean, the world's biggest YouTuber is a kid called Ryan, and him and his parents produce videos yeah. under Ryan's World Moniker. You probably know this for kids. Oh, yeah, I know Ryan pretty well. He's a big hit in my house. <laughs> he makes $26 million a year. Yeah. 
the number one occupation that kids in the US and the UK want yeah. to be when they leave school, right? And this is, this is according to Lego and a study they did with thousands of kids around the world, including places like China, is YouTuber. In China, they want to be astronauts. In the US and UK, they want to be YouTubers. Right? So, so, you, know, so, you know what's educational to me when I went, I spoke at VidCon last last year um, and it was such an int interesting experience because it took me out of like the world I normally know and I normally, you know, travel in into this world of, you know, all these, uh, you know, YouTube influencers and TikTok influencers and I got to stay at the hotel where they have, where all the, all the YouTubers um, stayed. There's like messages everywhere saying no selfies and like all the, all the, the, the fans are starting, you know, are, are standing outside waiting for everyone to come out. It was the most interesting experience. It's because it's, it's cause you want to touch someone that's real. You know, when you look at people like Casey Neistat, or Dave, I, I got into blogging because of Casey Neistat. You know, I went out and I, I, I think I bought Popular Science magazine and I took, I took his word verbatim and went and bought all of the kit that he said to go and buy to start YouTube. And that, that's how I really got into it. I'm like 200 and something videos. I'm an amateur at this, right? But like, you know, David Dobrik and, and all these other people, whether there's good people, bad people or whatever, it's, it's incredible. That, that democratic creation and access to content is fundamentally changing everything from cinema all the way through, right? And uh, it's so exciting. So Nick, we're getting towards the end of our time together. And usually towards the end, I like uh, my guests to kind of share something that they're excited about. Uh, maybe it could be a technology or, or a topic that they want to work more, um, you know, work more in, in the future. Like what is something you're excited about when it comes to your future? Yeah, every year when I write my predictions, and that's now be coming out just after the election in the U.S., um, I always I always state things that I want to do. And uh, a couple of years ago, I was like, I want to work with the United Nations. And two months later, I was in South Korea speaking at the Resilience Frontiers Conference, and that was pretty amazing um, with, uh, with with the United Nations. So you know. I want to get deeply into, you know, an activistic side of uh, futurism. I've always spoken about this. You know, I, I never want to sell out. Yes, I speak to different organizations. No, I won't, you know, fly to Saudi Arabia and work with people unless there's mass reform in those countries underway and whatever, right? But like the, the things that I, I, I get really excited about, environmental activism. Uh, climate change has been a core subject that I've been uh, passionate about and speaking about and sort of the end of the oil business and transition to renewables for a number of years. So I still want to push that forward. Um, prison reform, you know, decarceration. You know, I think the ideas around open prisons, I'm going to be speaking to uh, um, psychologists from Finland about their program out there uh, in the next couple of weeks for my podcast. That's super interesting. I, I want to talk about equitable and accessible transhumanist, transhumanism and ableist agendas. So, you know, we talk about transhumanism, people want to live forever, people want to have upgrades, blah, blah, blah. You know what, in, in this fourth industrial revolution, we're going to leave half the world behind. It's going to feel like Elysium where you go to the space station to suddenly to go and get healed, but the people on the ground can't get that access. So I want to start thinking about what it means to open business in Africa and, and, and giving tot total power to the Africans that, that live and work there um, for your company. Well, what does it mean to, to suddenly have, have you know, the reach of billions of people, but give away the goodness that you create, right? So I really want to get into this. I want to get into circular economy and whatever. I'm, I'm kind of, 
idealistic, but I think that that's what every single futurist out there needs to be, is idealistic and activistic. That's awesome. And where do where do folks, uh, where can they go if they want to connect with you and find you and listen to your podcast? Yeah, so uh, you, if you just type in Exponential Minds and Nick Badminton, you'll find my podcast. It's all, it's all over like Spotify and Anchor, uh, Apple, Apple iTunes and whatever. Um, you can come to my website, nicholasbadminton.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, there's actually two Nick Badmintons in the world. You'll know when you've landed on the right one. One's an older guy in South Africa that's a CEO, and the other guy is a futurist. That's me. Uh, so you can find me there. You can find me on Twitter as Nicholas Futurist. Yeah, it's an exciting time, Kathy. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to talk to you. It feels like we could talk for hours and hours. Thank you, Nick. Thank you for listening to Future Insiders. I hope you'll join me for more interviews about the future. And don't forget to subscribe and tell a friend about the podcast.